The world is changing faster than ever. What do you do to make sure you don't get left behind? What are the principles that stand the test of time, the strategies to implement in this new age and the tactics to accomplish our biggest financial dreams? What are the new rules to the money game? And how can we grow our skills, knowledge, and wealth so that we can have the freedom we truly desire? That's the question, and this podcast will give you the answer. My name is Will Myers, and welcome to the Modeling Genius Podcast. If you enjoy this episode and want to master money, go to nomoneynoproblems.com and begin to learn the principles of the wealthy and master money with my digital course and wealth planning tools. That's nomoneynoproblems.com. No, like understand money. No, like zero problems. Nomoneynoproblems.com. Why do I spend $25,000 a year on personal development? Man, that's crazy, right? Hey, everybody, welcome to the podcast. We're going to talk about that today. Why do I spend so much? Why do I find value in that? And what on earth am I thinking giving my money away like that? But I'm going to give you three reasons on why you should do that, why you should spend $25,000 on personal development each year. (laughs) No, just kidding. I'm going to give you three reasons why you need to be actively spending money on personal development but you don't have to spend 25000 That doesn't make sense. The dollar amount doesn't matter, but it does matter because it needs to be a priority to you. So it needs to kind of hurt a little bit. But I'm going to give you three big reasons. So the first reason that you spend money on personal development and growth and, and really making your life the way you want it to, do, to be and, and to have the things you want to have is the sooner you spend, the longer you can get a return, which means the greater return you can get. And let me tell you a story real quick about that. So when I bought my first rental property, my first investment property, actually, I had bought a house before that that was rental, but my first investment property that I was going to fix and flip, I bought the house and it was super messed up. And, you know, there, like you walk into the house, there was no hardwood floors. There was no floors. Like you're walking on the slab, the water heater in one of the guest bathrooms had like exploded or something. And so, and then it flooded. There was like a water leak after it exploded, and there's water everywhere. And I guess they were gone for a weekend or something. And then there was this high water line on the drywall. You know, like up to your waist in water. So there's no telling what kind of damage is done through everything else. And so you had to replace the wall and the the two by fours and you know everything that goes along with that. And then it was like an older style house, so the layout was all weird. And if you know if you're gonna fix it up, flip it, and then sell it. You're gonna have to change the layout. We got to knock down this wall. We got to move plumbing here. We got to put some electrical in there. We got to do all of these things, right? And it was just a giant mess. It was a giant ball of a mess. Now, dollar dollar bills wise, what that means is that you can get a great return if you fix it up. You're buying it really low because it's a piece of crap. But then you fix it up and make it better, and then you sell it. Well, people are gonna give you more money than what you paid for, right? So you make profit. But the problem is that. I've got to put in all that work or I could hire somebody and that eats into the profit and the revenue and all that stuff. But I wanted to do that, do that specifically. One, I was young. I was in my early twenties when I bought that investment property Two, I wanted to learn the skills. So tactically I wanted to, and strategically, I wanted to learn the skills for two big reasons. The first one is really obvious. Because you make more money if you do the work. Sweat equity gives you more equity. Right? It gives you more profit on the back end. 
The second reason that's less obvious is that I wanted to master these skills early, like plumbing, like electrical, like carpentry, you know, and all the things that go with that because I was in my early 20s. And if I learned those skills early, they serve me longer. Like what if, and, and I don't have to do the work the rest of my life, but say I have a contractor come out to work on a house that I'm in sometime in the future, right? When I'm in my 30s, my 40s, my 50s, my 60s, whatever. Well, now I can evaluate them better because I can ask them what they would do on this job. And if they're trying to give me some BS, I can smell it. I can see it because I've got the experience. So that was my, my, my primary goal, but it was that kind of my second goal because I wanted to get the skills and I wanted to get them early because the skills have the compound effect and they would serve me longer, which is the first reason that you need to spend on personal development. The dollar amount doesn't really matter, but you need to actively spend to grow because the sooner you spend, the longer your investment period, which means you've got a greater potential for greater return. I mean, that's how compound interest works. Compound interest, you have to have time. Time, if you don't have time, you can't have the compounding effect. It's just, that's math. That's science. That's a physical law of the universe. You can't break that law. You need time for compound interest to work. And compound interest doesn't just work on money. Like I was telling you about the skills, it works on skills too. Right When I did my, my first carpentry job or my first plumbing job or my first electrical job on my investment property, it was terrible. It was awful. I had a professional come in and clean it up. But what if I do, what if you do a task over and over and over again for like 15 times you do something? Well, the 15th time is going to be way better than the first time you did it. And that's the point is the skills compound. Well, the same thing, like it takes time to do those. Like think about this, for example, you can't have compound interest working without time. So you've got to start early. And let me explain the time principle. So let's say that I'm a venture capitalist. I'm a VC. I want to go in and like a a private company and I want to offer funding to them. They've got a great idea. They've got a great product that they want to get to the marketplace. I believe in it. The only problem is they need capital to continue on to scale up to the next level. Well, the good news is I've got capital, and the, but I don't have a product. The bad news is for me, I don't have a product. The, bad new, the good news for them is they got a great product. The bad news is they don't need capital. Hey, let's make an agreement. I'm going to get some equity. I'm going to give you some cash, right? Well, so that's like, like investing basics 101 is that I give them money. So think about the time component to this. Like I reach into my pocket. Let's say I'm standing there in front of the, the CEO, the president, the owner, the founder, and I reach into my pocket and I hand him money. Like there's way it's more complicated than this wiring and legal documents and all that. But I hand him money. Well, it takes time for me to reach into my pocket and give him money. And then it's going to take him time to take that money, go apply it to, you know, that's the capital he needed to scale and hire people or, you know, go to go to the manufacturers to make the product and the distributors to distribute the product and all of that. That takes time to do those things too. I still haven't gotten a return. The money came out of my pocket. It's in his pocket now. Now he's spending that money to go scale his business because I'm an investor now, I want him to do that, but it's going to take time for all those things to happen. And then the product's got to hit the marketplace, the market's got to buy it, the money's got to come in. When the money comes in, whatever our agreement is, then I start to get a return. Well, it takes time for all of that to happen. Well, compound interest is the same thing. I've got my seed money. I've got, let's say it's a hundred bucks. I've got a hundred bucks and I'm investing in a low cost index fund. And the index fund does 10% for simple math. 
Well, my $100 just made $10. Compound interest still hasn't happened yet. I've got 100 and I made 10%. I made $10. Compound interest is this. It's your money's money making money. So I've got 100 bucks and I made $10. Compound interest doesn't happen until that next time where the interest hits that $110, that combined money. That's compound interest. So it takes time for compounding to work. And since it takes time, you might as well start earlier. You know what I'm saying? So get out there and start sooner. That's 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 rule number one, and I could wrap it up right here. But I'm going to give you three. I'm going to give you three big reasons on why I spend $25,000 a year on personal development. And reason number one is pretty good, isn't it? Well, let's go to number two. So number one, let's wrap it up. Spend on personal development and do it sooner. The greatest time to plant a tree is 20 years ago. The next greatest time is today. So whatever you're doing right now, make it happen. If you haven't done it yet, do it now. And if you've done it before, ramp it up. Turn it up. Turn the volume up. Number two, it's the shortcut. Now let's let's define shortcut. Shortcut doesn't mean that it's easy. Shortcut just means it's the most efficient path. It doesn't mean you're cutting corners and in effort. It doesn't mean that you're cutting corners and you're going to accelerate and win bigger, better, or faster. It just means it's the most efficient path. That's all shortcut means. So don't believe that it's going to be easier. Because in mentorship, and I'm going to get to that at number three, but in mentorship, you still have to do the work. I can give you the the bullet points, like the things to do, but you still got to do it. Like I worked with, um, when I was on that investment property that I was telling you about, I worked with some people that were way more skilled than me. I'm not going to go in there blind like a moron and stick my hand in an electrical box. I'm not trying to die or carpentry and cut my fingers off, right? I'm going to get somebody that can help me, that can coach me up. They're going to they're gonna like point things out to me like, hey, dude, uh, your fingers are on the blade. Don't hit that button yet. Let's take the fingers off the blade and then we can cut that wood. Like, hey, that's a great carpenter. Thanks, man. That's a shortcut. It doesn't mean it's easier. It's just like, hey, now you got your fingers back. <laughs> right? So it's the shortcut. But here's the thing. You have to buy the shortcut. You have to pay for the shortcut. And the shortcut is not free. What is free is the long way. Right? Think about it like when you're commuting to work. There's a toll road, and the toll road is typically way more convenient. Well, you got to buy convenience. And if you want to buy that shortcut to your commute, you got to pay the toll man. The same thing with your life. There is a shortcut, which means it's the most efficient path, and it does cost money. Yes, it doesn't mean it's going to be easy. And the other thing is, don't be upset that it cost. Be appreciative of that. And the principle on that is that people who pay, pay attention. You value something more when you've got some skin in the game. Nasib Talib, one of the great authors, I would look him up. That guy makes me feel stupid every time I read a book, and I love it because I know I'm growing. But he talks about skin in the game, and it's so true. It's a law of human nature, in my opinion, that if you've got skin in the game, you value something more. You appreciate it more. You care for it more. You know, and the old analogy, which I know you've heard, is about rental cars and how people treat rental cars versus how they treat their actual cars that they pay for. And so be appreciative that you've got to buy something, that you've got to pay for it. And the other thing is don't be upset at a high price. What would you charge people? You know, if if you want 
if you believe that people should get paid for whatever value they bring to the marketplace, then be appreciative of a high price because then you're going to get high value. The other side of that is what would you charge? Going back to my investment property example, I had there was a there was a shed that came with the house and the roof on the shed was all messed up. Of, of course, everything's messed up in this place. And I wanted to repair and fix the roof. Another skill I wanted to learn, I wanted to cut costs, so I wanted to do it myself. I'm young, I'm I'm chipper, I got some energy. Let me hop up on this roof and do some roofing. And it was a small shed. Man, that roofing job kicked my tail. I mean, like the shed is what? Um 10 10 or 12 feet wide by 6 feet deep. So the roof's not very big. 10 feet by six feet. That is not a very big roof compared to a house, right? Oh my gosh, I about died working on this roof. It was terrible. And like it's the most uncomfortable position. It was in the summertime. Like I'm sitting on this roof, my my elbows, my hands are all scraped up from like sliding down the roof. I think I'm gonna die every moment. You know, like this is crazy. This is and it wasn't even that hard when you look back on it, right? You're like, what are you like 10 feet off the ground? If you fall, you're gonna be all right. And then it's a very small area compared, and then you drive by and you see like roofers, like actual professionals working on a real house or working on a commercial property, like laying down tar and, you know, doing all the stuff they got to do. And then I'm over here complaining about this roofing. But what would I charge? Like, so when I, when I get a quote from a roofer, I'm like, dude, you're not, you're not charging enough. I've done roofing. It's miserable. It sucks. You need to charge more because I would, if I'm going to do that, like think about it. There's some stuff that you don't want to do in your life that you pay somebody to do. And if you had to do it, if somebody came to you like, hey, I'd like to pay you to do these things and you don't want to do them, you're going to charge them a higher price because it's going to be worth your time to do because you don't want to do it, right? So don't be upset about giving somebody money to help you grow and expand your life. The price is good. One, you appreciate it more. People who pay, pay attention. Two, what would you charge? You'd charge a little bit of money, right? So be grateful for that. They deserve it. They've earned it. And they're going to help you out. So always be appreciative of that. And plus, you you would charge high prices too. Or you would charge whatever the commensurate value is that you're delivering. Number three, and then we're going to wind this thing down, are mentors. Here's the beautiful thing about mentors. And when you pay for personal development, when you get personal development, you're getting all of the lessons without the pain. How beautiful is that? That's what mentorship is. It's all of the lessons without the pain. You need a mentor. You need it early. You need it often. You need it all the time. Every day you need to have a mentor in your ear feeding you the stuff that you need to hear to get you to the next level. Typically, mentors don't work for free. You're going to have to find that mentor and pay them. There's nothing wrong with that. But mentorship is so beautiful. And the best way that you can repay them, like you pay them for their advice because If they're good, a lot of people want their attention. How you get their attention is they go, hey, if you want my stuff and me to help you, you give me money because then I know you're serious. Everybody says they want help from me, but if I'm actually going to help them, I need to have a way to filter out the people that aren't serious and keep the people that are serious close to me. How do you do that? Well, you put a price tag on it. That's how simple it is. Here's the thing. You pay them, but the best way that you can pay them back after they help you out is to learn and apply the lessons that they have taught you. And they're teaching you what they have learned from their experience. Think about biographies of books. Like you can learn about Winston Churchill or, you know, I've read books um, about some of the great, you know, fighter pilots in our, in our country's history. And, 
in all kinds of, you know, all kinds of people, right? One of my favorite books of all time is by a guy named Viktor Frankl. It's called A Man's Search for Meaning. If you have never read that book, you need to go read it right now. If you have read that book, you probably need to re-read that book. That's one of the greatest books of all time. Viktor Frankl, how he got his knowledge. So he, he dropped some nuggets in there, man. He dropped some bombs in there. One of the things that he says, he says that, for a man, being meaning mankind, for a man, because it's man's search for meaning, mankind, what we need is struggle. Like to reach fulfillment and happiness and joy and all of the things that we're searching for, we must have struggle. And he's got so many great quotes and one-liners and just transformative stuff that's going to change you forever for the better that you've got to read the book. But think about this. All you've got to do is read a book, and then you've got to distill the lessons that are in that book and apply them to your life, and then go out there and and be a better version of yourself. That's all you have to do, and we still complain about that, right? Oh, man, this is like a 300-page book. I don't have time for this, but think about how Viktor Frankl, Frankl acquired that information. Viktor Frankl is a psychologist, a clinical psychologist. He was born a Jew during the worst time to be a Jew during Nazi Germany's reign when they came and exterminated Jews. Viktor Frankl was rounded up and sent to a concentration camp. He is one of the few, if only, surviving member of his family. He watched his family die around him. He never knew if he was going to be next. Somehow, miraculously, he survived the Holocaust. He survived the concentration camp. You need to read the book to hear the full story. But a clinical psychologist watching this happen, this human behavior happen around him, is an incredible experience. And then he wrote that down. And he distilled it out. And you need to read that book. You need to listen to that, man. My phone was on. (laughs) We're going to keep going, though. All good. We can deal with distractions. But you got to read that book. He went through concentration camp and he went through those things and he came out the other side and he distilled this down to us. He went through that pain for us. And then he wrote a book. And all you got to do is read the book and apply the lessons. And the best way that you can serve Viktor Frankl is to apply those lessons. And then his memory lives on forever because you remember where you learned the lesson, where you applied it to your life and how your life got better. So that's the best way that you can honor those mentors. And that's the three reasons on why you need to spend money on personal development. You need to grow. You need to work on yourself and improve yourself, and it will drastically change your life. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Take care. If you enjoy this episode and want to master money, go to nomoneynoproblems.com and begin to learn the principles of the wealthy and master money with my digital course and wealth planning tools. That's nomoneynoproblems.com. No, like understand money, no, like zero problems, no money, no problems.com. <laughs>